You are listening to the Give Me Five podcast, episode 147, Side B. As in Greg's a bitch. Man, what's about me? Oh, cut <laughs> Give Me Five podcast, a bi-weekly podcast, reviewing the things you love today and the things and people you loved yesterday. You will still pay for that. My name is Horace Felton Grabbed, and I'm joined by Smegma Cream Cheese. Okay, you know, you ruined my fucking breakfast this morning with that. Because I was literally eating a bagel with a schmear of cream cheese on it. You're when I was looking through the notes this morning, mm-hmm. and I bit into the cream the cream cheese covered bagel, and I saw the the phrase "magma cream cheese." And I was, was like, this "Before or after you wash the pee off your feet?" Uh, <laughs> wow! I mean, oh, oh god! It was it was after I washed the pee off my feet. Yeah, but well, just saying. I am magma cream cheese. Good to see you again. And a man who took the glut out of glass blowing. My name is Oss Blowing. Oss. It's pronounced yeah. Oss. Yes. This is a Side B episode, and we are going to talk about the 1980 sci-fi movie, Flash Gordon. I don't want to. Yeah, well, we're going to do it. <laughs> and of course, don't. we will answer our Give Me Five question of the week. <sighs> Indeed, we will, as this is a review show, and this episode is specifically side B about the 1980 film Flash Gordon. So we will spoil this movie. We're going to spoil this. As if it weren't spoiled already. It's it's pretty spoiled. Yes. So if you've not seen the movie and you, you're just really dying to know what we're talking about, you can check it out. Or you can save some money and just listen to us talk shit about it. For some reason, I swear to God, for some reason, I remember this movie being better than what it was. Because I saw this movie before. I saw it, I think, when mm-hmm. I was a whole younger. Yeah, we'll, we'll I remember, that. I remember we'll, this being far better than what it actually was. Yeah. So... Anyway, this yeah. movie was released December 5th, 1980, was directed by Mike Hodges, who was apparently the eighth director chosen. Everybody else either said no or walked off. That's a mm. good that's a good start. <laughs> and it stars uh, Sam J. Jones, Melody Anderson, Max von Sydow, Topol, Ornelia Muti, Timothy Dalton, pre uh, James Bond, Brian Blessed, Peter Wingard. This movie had a budget of $20 million, and it made about $27 million. I actually saw different numbers than that. And, well, that's what IMDb had. I, I heard that it actually – I read somewhere else that it kind of doubled its its budget. <laughs> I saw I saw 27 and 27.1 on, on – uh, No, 27.1 was what it made. Yeah, that's what I said. Like, I saw 27 budget and 27.1. Oh yeah, no. I, I, what I saw said it like an yeah. estimated. Yeah. The stuff that I saw said estimated twenty million. Gotcha. Uh, I guess the synopsis here: a football player and his friends. First of all, he's from the the Jets, so is he really a football player? No, he's not. Yeah. yeah, And actually, he originally was a polo player, but football was just more popular when this movie came out. And his friends uh, traveled to the planet Mongo. Ever popular. <laughs> and find themselves fighting the tyranny of Ming the Merciless to save Earth. And uh, every time I hear the name of the planet, I'm going, Mongo like candy. Yep. Yep. I thought that too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. So this was a great side B episode. Good morning. <laughs> good afternoon. No, That's Jimmy, we got to do it. No, oh, okay. Jimmy. All right. Uh, initial thoughts. That was Jimmy's initial thought. That was good. Let's go. (laughs) We're done. 
My yeah. initial thought was, man, this movie is hokey, cheesy, and corny, and it knows it. And then it didn't. I don't think it knew And it. then I was like, oh, no. These poor people. These poor, yeah. deluded souls. Well, my, my thought was, well, I'm watching this, and I, I didn't remember a lot of it, but I think Greg and I remembered the exact same part from when we'd seen it when we were younger. And that was the, the fight on the little tipping disc thing with the spikes coming out and shit. But as I'm watching this movie again, I'm like, Holy crap. This movie is so seventies and eighties. It's, it's got all the psychedelic backgrounds. It's got the skimpy outfits for all the female characters that well, they're either in skimpy outfits or spandex. One of the two. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just total cheese. And why, <laughs> why did the synopsis, uh, some of the, some of the, the summaries actually described Flash and Dale. And, and that was another thing. Was that a thing in the eighties where like all where like a lot of the lead women had like male names? I noticed that too. And I'm trying to, th- I can't think of any offhand now, but yeah, but you know what I'm well, talking really, about? Like legend of Billie Jean. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but it described Flash and Dale as, as uh, one, the doctor's friends. And I'm like, man, they weren't friends. They were kidnapped at gunpoint and forced into space. <laughs> what the? That's and, how I made friends. And and it also described Dale as Flash's girlfriend. I'm like, well, that that escalated quickly. because they just, quickly. They just met, like, at the very beginning of the movie. And, like, two minutes into the movie, they're being whisked away See, into space. Yeah. I love you, Flash Gordon. Like, y'all met 12 hours ago. Shit. Flash. Uh. We're just going to do that every time someone makes a good point. Uh, So I'll give you my initial thoughts. I hated this movie as a child. Really? Hated hated it with a passion. I remembered it, like you said. I remembered the Spike thing. But I, you know, you look back and you're like, man, that movie Rad was freaking awesome. And then you watch it again. You're like, what was I thinking? (laughs) I did not have have that for this. I actually thought in, in reverse that I was like, oh, maybe I'm going to respect this movie now. The reason why is because you hear a lot of people that have said that it's either their favorite movie or they're inspired by, by that movie. Uh, for example, like Edgar Wright loves this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Beastie Boys have pattern music videos on this movie. Uh, what did Edgar Wright direct that was like this? I forgot to write it down. Uh, he didn't do Paul, did he? No. It was, it was a big movie. That, yeah, he did. Well, he might have done that, but Edgar, there was a big movie that he did that was based on this. But either way, I when I first uh, when when I first uh, started watching it, I'm like, oh no, I <laughs> did not. Oh, oh Scott, Pil- no. uh, Scott Pilgrim. A lot of the fight scenes and sequences were based on this. That was what it was. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. And. It was, yeah, we, we were going to say it a lot, but it was kind of painful for me to get through. He did not do Paul, but he has worked with Simon Pig and Nick Frost a lot. Yeah. But you know, people that like this movie really liked it. So I was I was like ready to get into it. I'm like, OK, I was a obviously not big into cinema back then. And maybe I will understand camp- campiness because of all the other people that talk about it. And I uh, did not. And uh, Jimmy, did you did you uh, I guess you did talk about it. So, Rob, why did you bring us to this movie? Yeah. Well, I mean, I I remembered this movie from being a kid. Like I said, it was it was that one scene that I remembered. And of course, I remembered the theme song, uh, you know, because everybody remembers Flash. Flash. Uh, We're not good. Singers. Save every one of us. I wish you and, didn't. <laughs> well, you know, the the and the soundtrack was actually done exclusively by Queen, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. It was they they curated the uh, the entire soundtrack. <sighs> um, the, this movie was was not quite ridiculous enough to be unwatchable. It was close. It was close, and <laughs> and there were there were a couple of scenes that I was like, man, this is. Evan ridiculous. The um the the fight scene in Ming's um throne room, I guess. Mm-hmm. 
where he says, get him. And Flash like steals this egg that's an offering to Ming and uses it like a football. And somehow the fight turns into like a football match where it, it's just Flash tucking the egg under his arm and just running into these guys repeatedly and knocking them down because, you know, that's how football players fight. Yeah. I was like, what the? And then he's like using the egg and like throwing long bombs at people's heads and stuff. Yeah. I'm like, what the? the hell is going on here and then at one point they all actually like group up and like like and the guy the the evil general like gives him a peck talk and i was like get out there he's he's doing this to you and this is something that he's familiar with and you know beat him in his own game and i'm like wait a minute you you guys have guns right <laughs> what are we what are we doing here i mean they, they even have that that uh what about that the hot dudes over there? What should they? What are the, they doing? They probably got weapons. <laughs> the the gun. Ha- well, I mean, they set up that none of the people in Meng's throne room actually like Meng, so they're not. They're just going to stand yeah. by and watch. They're not going to help Meng or Meng, you know, get rid of this guy. <laughs> but you know, they've got that that gunned hand thingy that they used on him when he first showed up. Like the guy comes up and pulls the trigger, and this hand thing shoots out on this on this energy beam and like grabs Flash's throat and holds him still. And I'm like, what the, and then Flash does a front flip. He does. So, so he got hit with the handgun. Get it. Handgun. See what I did there. But I'm like, you guys got guns, right? What are we doing? Why, why are we doing this? And like all of the female characters in this movie were like, (laughs) just, Eye candy. Eye candy. There to fall in love with Flash. Yeah. Or seduce people. And I'm like, are you serious? Um, But I I got a couple things here just about let's talk about the production real quick because uh, you mentioned it kind of. Uh, This movie was called by the director or the seventh or eighth director. The only improvised. Oh, yeah. He said this right here. The only improvised twenty seven million dollar movie ever made. Right. Well, that's not where I got the. I just took that is because that's how much it actually made. Yeah, yeah. He, it was uh, made for twenty seven million dollars and made twenty seven million dollars, which means it lost money because of marketing and stuff and uh, the the money that goes to the movie theaters. But either way, the Your uh, mom goes to the movie theater. <laughs> no, she doesn't. <laughs> Not anymore. Uh, Sam, uh, Sam Jones was saying. Uh, the, the actor that played Flash is like, well, he's supposed to be a quarterback, so why don't he use one of these as a football? And then uh, I guess she was like, well, I'm the all-American girl. Shouldn't I be a cheerleader? And it, like they improvised all of this stuff, and the director was like, oh, okay. So like yeah, it, a lot of the <laughs> dumb stuff and comedy was completely improvised. And on top of that, it was you know produced, I guess, by a like a mega genius, Dino De Laurentiis, who I mm-hmm. guess doesn't speak. Did you see? I'm sure you saw this note too. Who doesn't speak English, but so he reads English very well or uh, read. I think he's not alive anymore. (laughs) (laughs) There was there was a part and this this totally relates because the, the, the the cast and crew were like half English, half Italian. So there was a lot of like language barriers going on, but they hired this girl to translate. Yep, that's what I was getting at. Okay, go for it. I'll, I'll let you hit yeah. it. Then. Go for it. They, they hired a translator and he said, they said the woman, they couldn't remember her name, but she could barely translate the scripts. So mm-hmm. the, the script said the tall, beautiful woman walked into the room and she'd say, Oh, what a beautiful cat. <laughs> like, yeah. That was, that was her translation. And, oh, and the guy man. complained about it. And Dino De Laurentiis was like, I don't want to get bogged down in the words. And it's like there could also but, been some union stuff there. Well, apparently, and I was trying to find some information on on what happened, but there was there was a little bit of a of a kerfuffle, I guess, between either De Laurentiis and Jones or or the director and Jones. Um, they actually redubbed all of Jones's parts with another actor. Mm hmm. Because he wouldn't come back and redub his lines because he was saying that he wasn't getting paid. But there was also the problem of like he he like over a Christmas break or something, he went into a bar, got in a fight and then like never came back to set. Like ever. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> what? So he had like a, a, a scratch on his face or something. And yeah, there was a big yeah. to do there. And I, I guess, I mean, he wasn't a big name actor. He was just hired after I guess he was on like the dating game or something. I, he wasn't the guy that was on the dating game and then killed someone. I don't think, but 
some of the other people they thought to be uh, Flash was Kurt Russell, who didn't do it because he's smart and said it's too one-dimensional. Uh, mm. Schwarzenegger, who didn't do it because of the accent. Uh, and, of course, they ended up on this guy Jones, who I guess he's a bodyguard now in Mexico, is what I last saw. <laughs> sure, he's probably like a he's like a 70-year-old bodyguard now. Yeah, still pretty, still pretty puffy, but you know your your career didn't quite. I mean, I'm sure. He'd... Yeah, it. I, I believe it effectively killed his career. Um, he <laughs> he also killed his career by being a jerk. It sounds like, but yeah, yeah. Uh, Ming the Merciless, probably the most interesting character. In the entire movie, yeah, with uh, played by Max Van Sydow, who was yes. born sixty years old. Yeah, apparently, yeah. Like looking at Max Van Sydow's uh, IMDb credits, of course, he was most recently. I think one of his last roles was in the Star Wars movie as uh, Lor Santeca, a mm-hmm. dude that gave what uh, Poe the yeah the means to escape or whatever. Herpes. Yeah, yeah. Her- yeah, gave Poe herpes. <laughs> that's why people didn't like Star Wars movies. There was that weird scene with the, the herpes scene. It's weird, but like good actor chewed up the scenery. He loved the property. Uh, The costuming on him was actually pretty good and it's recognizable. Uh, Racist as hell. (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah. Very. Oh, he's the three eyed Raven as well, by the way. And, it's just one of those things where like when you look back at like how movies are made now, they can't make a movie now because China has to get their little piece of it because it's such a giant market for movies. And they have this, this character that's basically, you know, kidnapping women and he's Ming and he's, you know, dressed in Asian clothing. And it was, I I believe the term was the yellow peril paranoia back then. That's what I saw. And the problem is, is he's the best character in the movie because of all these things, mm-hmm. for the most part, or in spite of all these things. And whenever they talk about like remakes and stuff, what are they going to do? <laughs> like it's it's uh, a very interesting John the bearded issue. guy. Yeah, right. So I thought that was actually kind of, kind of interesting. But I was what? So was Ming's? Uh, you probably get this better than I do, Rob. Uh, was Ming's actual? deal that he was just bored and wanted to destroy earth as a result because he so was he's, bored. he's he's a conqueror and i i think what it was was he didn't realize he didn't know you know he was he was just shooting at the moon basically and and then kind of found earth and you know kind of like it uh, a kid with a magnifying glass and ants you know on the sidewalk uh, so i i think that's kind of what it was but yeah it, it it was very, very poorly written. I mean, it, and, and the funny thing, one of the funny things is, is um, the guy who actually wanted to do this movie was George Lucas. Before or after? I guess it had to be after Star Wars. He, uh, well, during. He, he couldn't get the rights to it. Oh, thank God. So instead of doing this, he went and did Star Wars. Yeah, and then... God. And then with the success that Star Wars had, they greenlighted this. The people who had the right said, oh, yeah, we need to make we need to make a sci fi movie, too. Look at how well Star Wars did. It's the biggest movie on the planet. And it, and it was at the time. It was it was the highest grossing movie, you know, of the time. And they're like, oh, well, we need a piece of that pie. And so it, it, it was total shit show. I mean, <laughs> so Star Wars brought us your and Flash Gordon. Yeah. Good to know. Yeah. Can, can we talk? Star Wars was known for its uh, special effects. Can we talk about the special effects a little bit of this movie? The yeah, yeah. Um, they, they were special, all right. They <laughs> they were uh, real special. I, I guess for me, um, early in the movie, before they they traveled, I was like, hey, this isn't too bad. Like the spaceship looks all right. You know, there's there's a plane in the sky and there's uh, people are wearing it's 1980. Clothing. So, you know, you, you let a yeah. little bit go. There's um there's some grass 
some asphalt and then uh, they get to space and it's all matte paintings, bad lighting on green screens and just like some things look really good and they're not even the things in the foreground. It's like sometimes the thing that looks so good is only seen on in, in a frame for a second or two. Mm-hmm. And like that, see, that metallic bridge looked yeah, really good. I can't imagine them, them ever up, upscaling this movie to 4K because you would just see everything awful about this. I mean, there's a that dumb tree log thing that they stick their hands in. That's supposed to be a test of manhood or something. If the thing if they really you, wanted to test their manhood, they would have stuck something else in there. That's Ooh, right. But yeah, the I mean. Just the lighting that and sequence. That sequence legitimately looked like a Disney queue for like the Winnie the Pooh ride or something. Like it, the, it the fake like shiny trees. The Disney queue at uh mine, mine train. Yeah, uh, it just did. It was it. You could tell that it was like plaster or you know, like whack a mole was going to come out of it or something. They were yeah. just going to start like hitting that, like it shiny. With- uh, what's it called? A uh, fiberglass look. It was terrible. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that, I, I that feel scene, I feel bad for the the effects artists and the scene artists and the dressers and everything who worked on this because you know they tried, but there was a scene where a flash is sucked down into a bog or something, and there's just a tube, like a inflated, like plastic tube and it looks so out of place and he's like wrestling with it and he's using it to climb up and it's just like why is that there mm-hmm. you know just not yeah. not even good for that look at Star Wars these effects were not even not good and and I got and I got to tell you when he when he got to that swamp thing I'm like Jesus Christ when did we get to Dagobah yeah I had to rewind I'm like wait what happened Where yeah there was a he went down and he was getting sucked into the quicksand and then he's pulling himself out of uh, a pond. It's like, mm-hmm. that's those. What did he get spit out? Why is he not dirty? Like, there was quite a few questions that we could have had here. Continuity issues with this. Yeah. Um, I don't mean to break the, the train of this or anything, but this is a, uh, this film is a remake of a 1936 series. Mm hmm. Uh, black and white series. Um, of course, it was 1936, but and it looks like a film made in 1980, trying to be a film from the 1930s, mm-hmm. trying very hard to make it look yeah. good, and it does not. Yeah, I mean they they had they had all kinds of problems all throughout this, um, and it was it, it seemed like it was just bad bad setup uh i mean even even right down to, to the costuming i mean max von Sydow, poor max von Sydow, his costume weighed over 70 pounds good god he and, and, and he, as and at he that point like he had 80. been 80 for 72 years yeah i yep. was like what the hell you want to kill this man max and, i mean he out 214 years old when he died and mm-hmm. and he could only stand in it for a few minutes at a time, so it, it took a while. Um, Kurt Russell, thank God, had the had the foresight to turn this role down because they they actually wanted Kurt Russell to play the role of of Flash, and Kurt was like, you know, I don't I don't think we're gonna do this. And then he went on to do Escape from New York. A good movie. Someday we'll cover that. Yes. And it was just, I mean, just every, and, and I know we were talking earlier about the, the female characters in this movie and it was, it was just so, so sexist. (laughs) I mean, because according to the original storyline, you know that scene where where Ming uses his ring on Dale and she kind of stops what she's doing. And there's this long, uncomfortable sequence where Dale kind of moans a little bit and she like reaches up and touches herself. And she, I'm like, what? Out of nowhere. Very uncomfortable. Yeah. Until that part, I was like, when I was watching it and not enjoying it, I was like, I wonder what my kid would think about watching this movie. And then I got to that part. I'm like, nope. <laughs> yeah. And and 
apparently, according to the original storyline, when she's when she's entranced by his ring, she's having a vision of being on an erotic picnic with Ming in the in a 1920s setting. I'm like, that's oddly specific for something that they never show us. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm like, okay. What? So this scene just got a hundred times better. Um, because they didn't go with that. Well, yeah, yeah, because they didn't. They decided not to show that, and that was probably a good decision. Um, and and just, this was this was basically the the attitude during the uh, during the filming, um, because it, in the in the book Dino, the life and the life and film of Dino De Laurentiis, um. This is where they talk about how Sam J. Jones kept getting into the fights during the filmmaking of the movie and that he was in a hospital with a scrape on his face. Um, and De Laurentiis actually barged into the operating room to make sure they fixed it so that it wouldn't leave a scar. Um, and at Christmas, Jones then left for Los Angeles, never returned. And De Laurentiis' uh, stance on that was he told Mike Hodges, we'll keep going with the very best stand-in you can find. And it's the like, main character, that, mind you. Yeah, the, the, the main character. They're mm-hmm. like, ah, F it. Just stick somebody else in there. We'll get this done. <laughs> what? <laughs> so, I mean, this, this whole thing was just a total shit show. And the, it was an actual He-Man I, toy was the stand-in. No, I think He-Man <laughs> yeah. actually came after 1980. Yeah. The the thing that I this movie made me realize is all of the things I hate all seem to fall in that campy style. So like I like this, I drove me nuts and it was super campy. I never liked the old Batman series. I never liked uh I don't like a lot of oh uh the Rocky Horror Picture Show actor. Like I hated Clue. Tim Curry. Yeah, I don't like any of Tim Curry's stuff. Clue was good. I like that. You didn't just, like um uh Three Musketeers? I actually like that. He was a little campy in that, but I I like the fight sequences in Three Musketeers. I actually saw that with you at the at Meisner Theater yeah, years did. ago. And I, I very much enjoyed that movie. Yeah, it was a good movie. Uh, well, oh, the uh, there was something else with him, not with Tim Curry, but the, the campy style. Oh, uh, Gene Wilder stuff. I when he's super campy, sometimes drives me nuts. But when I was reading about this, uh, but you liked Haunted Honeymoon. I did. I didn't love Haunted Honeymoon, but I liked it. Uh, the campy style, it was intentional, of course, and that was, you mentioned it was based on something from the 30s. They all, mm-hmm. the style was based also on something from the 60s, the Batman series, like I mentioned. Uh, so, because the, uh, they hired one of the Batman writers, Lorenzo Semple, to write that, mm-hmm. to write the screenplay for this. And because he had written a lot of episodes of the Batman thing, and it, re- it does show the, like a lot of the fight sequences and the go to a room, have a fight. Have this kind of peril go to a room like it? It, yeah. it shows it was just like the old Batman series when it comes to that side of things. Uh, especially particular in particular the the room the scene we've already talked about the spiked floor, which is for some reason the thing that Rob and I both remembered the only thing. Mm-hmm. Pretty well, much, I, I remembered uh, that in the scenes of the flying guys, which did not look as good as I had remembered. No, but I didn't even remember those scenes. I'd never seen this movie before. Um, I can't remember them playing this on USA or TNT when I was little. I, I don't ever remember seeing this. Hmm. And it was like, on HBO but a I, lot. I, it, I was like, man, you know, I'm aware of this. I'm, I, I know this is like celebrated as, as campy, cheesy 80s sci-fi. And I just didn't, I, I can't see this as something that I, it's so bad. It's good. It, it's just, for me, it was incredibly boring and I just kept doing other stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I, I got halfway through it and I told you guys this earlier. I was like, surely this movie is almost over. I don't feel like movies were this long back then, unless they were trying so hard. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I think they tried really hard and they expected this movie to do very well. It just, it, it was, the, it was all, all of the actors were actually signed for multiple movies. And when this movie didn't do well, they just scrapped all those ideas. Yeah. They and, were actually, actually and actually killed all of the actors too. They did. Yeah. Yes, they executed all, all of them. The lizard men ate them. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the unfortunate lizard men who probably had the, the lowest, uh, budget of all the costuming department. Um, <laughs> you know, you know what this movie had a lot of similarity to and the movie that it has similarity to did it far better. Mom and dad save the world. Exactly. Yep. Dude, that's that all was, I could like. That was yep. exactly where I was going with it. And yeah. that, that was this movie, but it was a hundred times better because it was supposed to be funny and not just a serious campy movie. Like, Oh crap. We are, we need to put funny stuff in there. None of the stuff was funny. No, but that yeah. movie actually was funny. Yeah. Yeah. Just, I actually, I wrote down somewhere. I, I can't. I won't search through my notes on this, but I wrote something about like Rob must have a type of movie because I didn't know at this point that you didn't like it. Uh, and I was <laughs> as soon as I thought, I'm like, man, this reminds me of something, and I'm like, oh, the the movie Rob picked. And yeah, sure Mom and Dad Save the World. That's that. This w- Mom and Dad Save the World was a funnier version of Flash Gordon. I I don't think there would be. A mom and dad save the world without Flash Gordon. Um, that's entirely possible because there are there are striking similarities of the two movies. Yeah, there's even that bonking over the head, Mm -hmm. you know, and and that was the favorite of Voltan. Mm -hmm. Um, He just he would kind of bump like lightly tap people on the head, and they would. uh, I'm looking this up. The typing year in the background. Mom and Dad Save the World is a 1992 film parody of Flash Gordon. There you go. There it is. Watch that movie. Don't watch Flash Gordon. Yeah. And just pretend that that you understand. You don't even need to understand the jokes that are similar to that. Uh, So at some point, the members of Queen, which we talked about briefly, saw this movie. We saw 20 minutes of this movie and thought it was very good and over the top. And we wanted to do something that was a real soundtrack. Uh, it's first in many ways because a rock group has not done a full soundtrack before. There's been a, there as bad as this movie is. There's at least five or six top five questions we could have come up with for this. Mm-hmm. One of which was almost full band soundtracks. Very uh, and it it might be in the future. Yeah, uh, so there's other ones that I thought of. Handy. Uh, the other couple I thought of that would have was uh, quicksand scenes, which we have not done because there's Ooh. a quicksand scene in this and. There, there's we could do a lot of those also uh i believe it or not i actually thought about that too because also, as, as i was watching that quicksand scene i was thinking of the princess bride well we'll get to our actual question but stupid weapons like the handgun like weapons that are co- like sci-fi things that are super convoluted and don't need to be uh is another one i have a friend mm-hmm. that used to do to do that kind of thing he would talk about how every sci-fi car has a different looking steering wheel. And it was like, well, the steering wheel is a wheel because that's the best way to have it. If it's like a joystick thing, it's not going to really work well. Cause you can't, you know, do the, the thing you would do with the steering wheel. How's, how's that again? Yeah. You guys can't see it out there. I am pretending to drive. Greg is playing right Mario Kart for the Wii. I am right now on camera, yep. but people, uh, you know, queen is give or take with me. Like I, I will, that's one of my, my things like I should like Queen more than I do because Bohemian Rhapsody is one of the best songs ever written, but that's pretty much where it stops for me. <laughs> is that a bad thing? Am I, am I, I getting I thrown out know. of? I don't know. I, w- were there mountains of, of cocaine involved in this decision? Uh, yeah. 1980 Queen. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, there were. They saw. What? How far? Into the- I think they probably saw the first five minutes of the film before it got really stupid, and we're like, "Oh yeah, this movie's great. Let's make a soundtrack for it." I think this had to be the part when he was away with his. Like, if you saw the the Freddie Mercury movie, this this might have been. I, I might be wrong on that because the times. But I think late seventies, early eighties, he was he was not quite with the band, but with the band, it was it was pre Radio Gaga. Era. Uh, did you notice, Rob, that Porkins was in this movie? Porkins. Porkins. I did not. From Star Wars. He was the assistant of the the, the failed NASA scientist that kidnapped them. Oh, was that Porkins? Uh, was, yeah. Oh, shit. I saw him and I was like, that guy looks familiar. So that's, you know, I had to do something other than watch the movie. So I looked him up in IMDb and I was like, Porkins. Nice. Yeah. So they're... they're what else do you want to say about this movie? Um, don't don't watch it. <laughs> well, about the the actual like the process of watching it. 
anything? There's there was supposed to be a, a remake to this the, movie. Oh, well, it's still in the works, actually. Uh, just as of 2018, they just brought on a new director. Well, if, what I saw. Mm, good. I was going to say it's of 2018. They brought on a new director, and there hadn't been any movement on it past then. That doesn't look good. I saw a bunch of different years. the The last story I saw was Taika Waititi was supposed to be doing it as an animated movie. To and uh, at, it was going to be a Fox production. And when Disney bought Fox, that was one of the things they canceled. So I, the last I saw as of two uh, thousand eighteen or something that it, the animated version at least was canceled. So I don't think that it needs to uh, happen. No, uh, it, hot it hail, definitely Rob, doesn't. Hot hot what the hail. fuck is hot hail? I don't know. It's it, ladies and gentlemen. They talk about hot hail in a movie. It's not hail. It's a friggin' meteorite. Okay, it's chunks of moon that are entering Earth's atmosphere and falling and falling to the surface, and they're smoldering. It is not hot hail. Mm-hmm. I want that to be my dancer name. Hot hail. No. No, can't be. Fine. No. Yeah, like I even my notes on this are just like. Like I sound like an insane person. It, I look like someone that should be writing in one of those like um, the composition books, just insane phrases. I'm like flying through bodily fluids. Clitoris. This song is not good. A sea of fire. Midgets. <laughs> Why is it always midgets? Hawk people. <laughs> ring, ring looks cool. His ring pop has psychic powers. Watermelon dodgeball. That's like, <laughs> I'm like all right. So if we're, if we're going over that, I've got yeah. Pyramid Head, and then I misheard a lot of stuff in this. Um, I guess uh, there was Baron Prince Baron. Mm-hmm. I heard mm-hmm. it is Barry, and I'm like, <laughs> that's his sci-fi space name, Prince Barry. <laughs> hey, Barry. Yeah, I um, I did too. I misheard Clitus. <laughs> I just I misheard Clitus, and you can imagine what I heard. Oh, uh, I, yes. I thought his name was Titus. And Titus yeah. had the most gruesome death in this when he's thrown onto the spikes and inexplicably his eyes bulge out of his skull and his yep. tongue bulges out like a worm. Uh, speaking of worms, when uh, the, I guess, princess is being tortured mm-hmm. and they say, bring in the something worms. I th- <laughs> thought they said ball worms. <laughs> Um, and I said, Flash Gordon, the hero no one gives a shit about. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so my notes, since, uh, since we're doing that, that's the thing. Yeah. Um, so eighties, so much bondage and skimpy clothes. I recited, I recited Shakespeare to prevent them from wiping my mind. Yeah. I, that part was weird. Let's team up. Is is that Dagobah? LOL, Flash reminds me of Dante. This place is crazy equals I'm not even supposed to be here today. <laughs> How many friggin' times did he say this place is crazy? So-and-so is crazy. What? You guys that's, are nuts. You guys are crazy. But you guys are nuts. I'm like, really? Shut up, Dante. Everyone falls in love super quick. Holy shit. The Chancellor death scene is hilarious. Did... Did we really just get a pillow fight? Well, all sci-fi epics need a pillow fight. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, this movie is, wow. Just, I can't. Yeah. So, don't. Now, let's don't. uh let, let's take ourselves out here. We I think we already discussed. Don't watch it. Don't do a remake. No, I don't believe one's necessary. Don't revisit it. All of that fun stuff. Uh, I did like the uh, the swamp vagina with the spider legs. That looked actually kind of good. That that was cool. <laughs> but other than that, don't watch nice, it. Greg. Yeah. All right, then. Yeah. Nice. Uh, Rob, let's let, let's do our question here. Question of the week. All right. So the question of the week, and it kind of relates to the to the football scene where he grabbed one of those eggs that he just tucked under his arm and used as a football, and then proceeded to use it as a weapon to bean people with. He would just 
throw long bombs and then somebody would feed him another one and he'd throw a bomb and hit somebody in the head with it. It was super stupid, but they got me thinking, what are, what are your top five favorite improvised slash unorthodox weapons? I'm very intrigued about this one. All right. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty confident in mine, although it, uh, might be pretty narrow focused. Um, I'm aware of that. Uh, I've got a couple of surprises on here. So let me go ahead and, and see, Rob, I'm going to ask you if these qualify. Um, so just go ahead and, and I won't ask you for every one, but uh, feel free to shoot any of them out. Do you know what film a blender was used in as a weapon? There are two of them. Uh, well, was there a gremlin? Would a bl- will a blender count? A blender will count. Yep. Dead Alive and You're Next. And okay. Gremlins. And that was Gremlins. A, that was a, or was it a microwave? I thought one of them went into the blender. Because I, I remember... No, it was a garbage disposal. I garbage remember the disposal. feet spinning yes, around. Yep. The mom. Yep. Did it. Mm-hmm. Uh, number four is an item normally used in basketball. That is a basketball. <laughs> In Deadly another friend. one of my movie choices. Yes, sir. <laughs> Number three is going to be a chicken. Mm-hmm. <laughs> In Hot Shots Part Deux. Part Deux. Number two is a party weapon. The dildo. <laughs> yep. used in the movie Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. Yes, quite effectively. And my number one is from a movie already mentioned. It's a lawnmower. Oh. From the movie Dead Alive. Nice. Oh, that, right. that was very fun to look up. I, I really, really like this question. Interested. Interesting. Thank you. Yes, I'll go. Okay. One of the first on-screen deaths that I saw that affected me very much as a kid. That death involved an upside-down table. Do you remember the movie? From Dusk Till Dawn? No. Commando. Commando. When he slams a guy on the table. We uh we had that table. The same Sorry. thing happened in From Dusk Till Dawn. They impaled vampires on it. Yeah, yeah. But this was the the table in up in uh commando that actually freaked me out and when I would when we were playing like guns as kids, I would always like play that scene where I'd kind of put Stay the table away from tables. Well, like we would put like the table up under our armpit as we were laying on the ground and make it look like we got impaled on it. So table number five. The pencil in Dark Knight with the head slam onto the pencil. That looks like it yep. fucking hurt. Uh, the next one is actually pretty much a movie that involves a lot of weird stuff. Uh, the Blue Raja throws cutlery but never knives. The shoveler, I shovel very well. And uh, the bowler uses a bowling ball that is mystery men. All of those characters use random obscure objects as weapons. Oddly enough, me and Jimmy have the same number two. We are all about the dildo in Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. Hmm. Barrels. And uh, I went with, for nine, number one, it was actually one of the first things that came into my mind as well. The LPs are the record albums in Shaun of the Dead. Ah, good yes. one. Yes. That is a good one. Because it was fun. It was a fun sequence and a relatively long sequence. So that was my number one. Nice. Nice. Very good. Well, we do have two lists that were sent in by listeners. Our patron of unusual size, Alec, sent in his list. And at number five, he's got the pipes, or I'm sorry, at number five, he's got the wood chipper from Fargo. Utilizing mm. the wood chipper as a weapon. Um, at number four, he's got the, de- the decapitation by sheet glass in the omen. I did not see that. I don't know. Was it used as a I- weapon or did they just kind of fall on it? I well, don't. It's Alec will allow it. Good job, Alec. Nice. Nice. Good answer. Good answer. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't remember. I don't remember if it was like a psychic thing or not. Uh, he says the missile from True Lies, because he traps the villain on it and then fires it at a helicopter, thus killing the villain on the missile and the helicopter <laughs> in one shot. It is a a means of transportation. Yes, used as a weapon. Then yes, and so I will allow that. Yeah. At number two, he's got the carrot scene from Shoot 'em Up. Mm. Oh, yeah. Nice. And at number one, he's got the pipe scene from Commando. 
Oh, man, Commando. But it's weird. Like there was this wow. is a broad, a broad question. And, and we're Commando hitting. shows up twice. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. For two different reasons. Yeah. Wow. Oh, I thought we had a list, but Jubal's didn't actually send me the list. It just send you a picture of Wiener or something. <laughs> well, no, he 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 asked me. Um, he asked me some questions about stuff that would count, and it, like one of them, I think he said was the the Schwartz ring from Spaceballs. Ah, um, but he also asked about gopher nunchucks. <laughs> And I'm like, From, is that, um, I want to say Kung, Kung Pao. Kung Pao, enter the fist. Yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll actually yeah. do his list. Um, he didn't send it, but I'm just going to give him one. Do it. Do the, it. Ic- the Icicle in Die Hard 2. Okay. The Oxygen Tank in our movie Jaws. Uh, right. The Penis Pump from Austin Powers. <laughs> this is number, what's his number? Well, that's it. That was uh, five, two, four. Five. You did five already. You did two. Yeah. And this is yeah. three. Yeah, that was the oxygen tank, I guess. Uh, old boy, the toothbrush. Uh, the would be number three. Number two, the peanut from Daredevil. Yes, uh, bullseye. And uh, the shoe from Austin Powers is his number. Is Jubal's number one. Good, good job. Good job. Good job. Good job. Good job. All right. Good job. All of mine that I didn't pick. Excellent. But, but almost did. So I'll do my list at number five. I've got actually the ice cream cone from Last Action Hero. Uh, nice. That's a good one. At number four, I've got the Shaun of the Dead records, the LPs that yeah. they use uh. on the zombies. That was excellent. At number three, I've got the Dark Knight pencil. Nice, nice. Yeah. And and also John Wick pencil. Yes. Because they talk about it in the first movie, but then they actually show him do it in the second, right? Was it the second or the third that they showed him do it? I'm not sure because I watched the second and third on the same day. Oh, because they actually showed him use the pencil in one of the other movies. Yeah. So the the pencil is number three. And number two is another movie that I is a movie that I recommended we watch and we watched. And that was Deadly Friend, the basketball, because that head <laughs> explosion scene was just amazing. Oh, yeah. Just amazing. Love that scene. But my number one, and it's already been mentioned, but you guys both had it at number two, and I'm surprised <laughs> it's not higher on your list. Oh. That is the dildo from Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. Such a good movie. <laughs> yes, it is. Nice. Very, very nice. Well, that Super is... fun to look up to. Yeah. Yeah, lots of fun. There is... That was our question of the week guys thank you for listening if you enjoyed that and we're like man i wish i could have made a list as well my list could have been so much better than your these morons because they talk about dildos too much <laughs> you can become a patron or a patron i do that every fucking time you and can, you can become a patron yes by checking art our our patreon art 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 yes Can't words yeah. <laughs> and you can do that by going to uh, patreon.com slash give me five podcast. You can check it out for the $5 range. You can get a chance to do a whole bunch of cool stuff. Go to our chat room. You can learn about the question. You can answer the question. You can get featured on the show. It is fun. So if you decide to do that, thank you very much. Also, you get a copy of three terrible shark movies, which has caused me to get an email about eight terrible shark movies. That are, <laughs> no. that are eight giant shark movies. No, maybe next year. It, no, it's not happening anytime soon. It might have to be our next time summer thing. We might have to actually. That's what I'm it's saying. going. It's going to be so painful that we're going to have to do that as maybe like a patron level. Like if sir, if patrons get to a certain level, we will do the eight terrible shark movies. Like we'll do it Clockwork Orange style, where we're strapped to chairs with our eyes taped open or something. Toothpicks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it will no. be terrible uh, so that's that you can of course check out our website give me five podcast.com where you can find all of our contact information uh, yeah next week oh, I'm, boy. I'm in charge and the last time I was in charge we we I took Rob's word for it and did the shark movies that we just talked about and then I took Alex's word for it and we did Jaws which was awesome <laughs> 
This week, I'm still not really in control of what we're going to be doing because this Friday, uh, Bill and Ted 3, Bill and Ted uh, Face the Music is coming out. Mm-hmm. And uh, for because of that, I believe we are going to watch all the Bill and Ted movies to kind of make our way up to it. I think so, we should. So our, I guess our side A will talk about the bill and the new Bill and Ted movie as part of it. And side B will be watching Bill and Ted, uh, excellent Bill and Ted, excellent adventure and, uh, bogus journey. That is that okay for you guys? I'm absolutely down. I can't wait to do this. I am behind um, that 100%. Yeah. Good. Good. We interrupt your regularly scheduled bad programming to bring you uh, exclusive coverage of the most excellent rock band that never was, the Wild Stallions. Send even high school rules. You know, just remind, you know what? I'm going to do some Bill and Ted trivia, too. Oh, hell yeah. Sounds great. Yeah. So it'll be fun. Check us out. Good morning, good afternoon, and be excellent to each other. So, either way. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> My God. And we're back. I'm going to go ahead and write that time down. I've been holding that in for a while. You thought it was going to be quieter than what it was. That is true. Four days. No. Oh, it smells like, oh my God, it smells like broccoli. Oh, because I ate salad and broccoli today. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, salad and broccoli. <laughs> we are terrible humans. <laughs> okay. Let's talk about something less fun. Uh, Flash Gordon, for example. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs>